0: hello everybody and welcome back to the uh, socap improv comedy podcast my name is ralph i'm the owner and artistic director of the socap improv comedy theater we are located at 154 danforth avenue in toronto uh we have improv classes we do shows you can rent our theater and put on your own show we have two spaces we do corporate events uh Wow, oh, just had a magical one a couple weeks ago. Anyway, and uh, also, I um, wanted to say something, and I forgot what it was. Oh, I know. have a URL, and it's socap.ca, socap.ca. Like, so, like, is it so what's the big deal? And cap, is in, well, that's a jaunty cap you're wearing. So socap.ca, that's the URL. Come check us out. Uh, yeah, for all your improvising needs. Now every improv podcast or every podcast for that matter has a sponsor and today's podcast is no exception. Uh, today's sponsor is adequate sack, uh, adequate sack. When you need a sack that's just good enough to do the job, uh, get adequate sack, uh, from the makers of (laughs) good (laughs) box. Uh, these are more fun to do when there's someone with me. I mean, making up commercials, of course, not not the rest of it, rest of it's fine. I don't know. It's whatever. It's good with other people. It's also good alone. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like so many things. It's good with people. It's good alone. Uh, conversation. Whatever. Anyway, welcome everybody. Uh, so to, uh, this is an improv podcast, obviously, and it's about um, yeah, you know, my reflections. I guess from teaching improv for a multitude of years a legion of decades and uh and and how it's interesting that for me how i've gone from predominantly helping people gain the confidence skills whatever to get on stage and then have their own careers as comedians that's how i started uh and now mostly Say like ninety percent now of, of the people that I teach are not interested at all. And it's much more about how improv can help me, well, get out of get out of my comfort zone, they say to me. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. I might want to expand it, push up against the sides of it, make it bigger, and incorporate things that were once uncomfortable into my newfound comfort zone. But but uh, you know, that's what one thing one of the things that people say when they come to me and they're why they're here to expand their comfort zone to think outside the box to bond with other people to overcome their fear their anxiety all those things and uh i have to say i think improv is great for that and that's part of what i talk about in this podcast are all the ways that it is very helpful and it's like uh, for me it is really kind of uh like a, a psychology but a practical psychology or practical philosophy that you can get up and practice you know, it's one thing to see an inspirational uh, poster of a little cat hanging on a tree branch with the lines, just hang in there, baby. But that doesn't really do me much good, when I'm, you know, don't know how to navigate the world or, you know, feel bad when I go to a party and I can't pull my face out of my phone because I just want to get lost there and hope nobody recognizes me or sees me or wants to talk to me. Um, And improv can help with a lot of that stuff. And so, you know, my classes are full of, Of individuals just looking for like you know aid in that area and and one of the things that i tell people all the time and in the experience is you may if you're listening to this and have never done an improv class think there is only one way to communicate the way that you've been taught or have learned just by being around other people or from your culture or your school or your family or whatever and that's not true There's multiple ways to communicate, and there's uh, you know we have so many biases built into us that uh, it's sometimes hard to think about different ways of doing things. And I'm here to assure you that there are a multitude of ways of doing things and the ways of expressing yourself and dealing with people. Anyway, today, uh, one of the things I like to do here is is talk about certain exercises. I think uh, thus far I've only really talked about clap focus, the the very first improv exercise that everybody does. And it still uh, is the beginning exercise of every improv class that I've ever been in that I remember. Uh, and when I talked to other people, I was like, oh, yeah, always start with clap focus. Always start with it. And that's it's great. And I went into detail about what it is and why you should do it and, and, and various things about it. And today I wanted to talk about the second exercise that I do. Not in every beginner class, but if you, but if, but after like four classes, this is always the second exercise, maybe even after the second class, this is always the second exercise. And it's part of the process of warming up, you know, warming up, uh, you know, I I get asked sometimes, why do we warm up? Well, why do swimmers warm up or baseball players or, you know, basketball players? They don't need to, they're very skilled, but it's, uh, it's part of the process of preparing your mind preparing the way uh, to do the skills that one needs to do to start improvising. Because some of us have to give up a lot of defaults and change the way we interact and behave with people. Uh, Some people don't, and those people are more natural at uh, play. Essentially, that's what it is. It's the, the, the people that are more willing to play other people's games for whatever reason, whether their ego is not so fragile or whether that's just the way that their biases and they've been trained are, uh, those people tend to come at it, um, adapt to it more quickly and easily. Whereas the more I would say, I think there is a level of risk taking. I didn't want to say risk taking, but I think there is a level of risk taking in your, uh, your, um, your ability to do that or comfort with it. Uh, that's not to say if you're, Risk-taking level is at zero. You can never improvise. You can, and I've seen it happen. And 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 often the people that start the most timid, the most uh, introverted, the most shy, when they start to come out, it's magical. And I've seen it happen multitudes of times. And you know, and, and on the converse of that, I've seen people who are very playful and uh, engaging regress or stay there and not get any better. And better, I shouldn't say better. That's a, that's a judgment term, but I guess grow. They sort of come in, they do that. That's all they do. And, and okay. Uh, I mean, whatever, that's great. You know, everybody comes and gets what they want from it. Uh, but I'm always trying to make people, I guess, more responsive to other people and to the situation and to serve the relationship and get out of their heads. That's what I'm always trying to do. Anyway, today I want to talk about uh, uh, exercise number two. And this is the, uh, I used to call it word association. I don't call it that anymore. I call it association, which, and I'll get to the reason why in a second. But the way this works is you, whatever group you have, you you can do a two or, well, 22. I've probably done it with up to 30, although I don't like to do it with that many people. Uh, I generally would like to cap it around 14, 15, maybe 16. Anyway. The way it works is you stand in a circle, uh, so it flows really easily after clap focus. Uh, whoever starts will turn to the person to their left and say anything. Start, begin, whatever. Uh, the second person that they spoke to will turn to the person to their left and say the first thing that comes into their head without guessing, without second guessing it, without trying to change it. So whatever start makes them think of, they just turn and blah. Blurred out, whatever, begin. I don't know. The third person then might say, who knows? Start, begin, commence. And so, oh, okay. So we start to have a little bit of a run on words that mean the same as start uh, in that scenario or whatever happens. The point, and so we do that and you go around in the circle and you keep going around and around and around as much as you need to. Uh, Probably two, three, four minutes, depending on the group. Now uh, so that's the mechanics of it. You just turn to your left, say something and that person does it and goes around in the circle like like you know like dominoes falling and you go around and around and around uh the two rules of the game uh there are only really two rules, I think and I, rules you know uh, I say with a grain of salt because I don't believe in rules. Uh, but I would say uh, but the but the one I guess one that is a rule is don't judge what other people say. So if someone said, begin, you wouldn't go like, begin, what's that? Uh, no, you don't judge it. So you accept everything. Although it's interesting while you do this exercise to look for the subtle self judgments that people have and they'll, they will uh, shrug their shoulders a little bit, uh, reflexively turn out the palms of their hands, uh, screw up their face, reflect upwards. These are little clues or not clues. Well, maybe a clue if you're watching somebody, but there are indications that we send out to people to not take us seriously, to that I'm not really committed to what I'm saying. And so it's a way that we, that other people can easily dismiss us. And we do it to ourselves, you know, in that way that we train people how to treat us. Uh, and you can do it verbally too. I've seen people do it verbally with the like, well, you've probably thought of this already, blah, blah, blah. Or this is going to sound stupid, blah, blah, blah. And we give people already reasons to not listen to us and reject what we're saying. Anyway, back to the game. So don't judge it, try not to judge yourself, or if you do, notice it, interesting, okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other big rule is there's no wrong answer. Whatever comes out of your mouth comes out of your mouth. And so then we start and we go around. And uh, what tends to happen is first you'll see people who will be up in their head and they'll think of the words that have been coming at them and they'll try to think of a perfect answer. And often they'll have things halfway in their mouth. They'll swallow them back, and they'll, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Uh, so in that instance, I encourage people not to do that. Go with their impulse. What did you? What, would, what did you want to say? And sometimes they'll say, "I had nothing," and I'm saying, "Say that. Say I have nothing. That's what's in your heart. That's the authentic experience you want to say. Say that. I got nothing." Which will then cause the other person to say, "What?" <laughs> or, "I got nothing either." Uh, but that, those mistakes, if you want to call it, I, put, I did air quotes when I, around the word mistakes, which is why I sounded like that. This it's not really a mistake, but it is sort of a, a change. It's not what we'd expect. But one of the things about this game and improv in general is we don't care about getting things right or good or perfect. We care about doing them and serving the experience. And the experience is someone said something to you, you didn't hear it. I got out of it. Or in the case you don't know what to say, I got out of it. The other one that happens is someone will mumble something and or there's an accent or something involved and the person who receives it will want to say, what? I I want to get it right. And again, I understand impulse of getting it right or good or perfect, but in this case, don't. Just turn to your left and go like, I didn't hear that. And that again becomes like a a left field offer or a left hand turn, like a mistake. And what it will do is it will open up a new way of playing this game that we never would have gotten to if we didn't have a mistake. So it teaches the value of mistakes, or at least they're not bad, not necessarily bad. Of course, some mistakes can be bad. But in general, we re- reflexively just label them as bad without even thinking about it. Oh, let's start with this. Not a bad idea and see where that goes. And then maybe later on, we'll go like, okay, you know what? That was bad. Uh, but in the in the like immediate time frame, let's not do that. We're going to keep it going. So another thing about this game is you serve the game, which means it has to go fast. Otherwise, the people will die of boredom. If it goes slow, people will go up in their head and they'll think. uh, But you got to go real fast to keep us hopefully bypassing the prefrontal cortex. So we're just reacting. And then every time when somebody laughs, not every time because it it would take too often, uh, every once in a while someone will laugh and I'll stop and say, okay, why are we laughing? Why did we laugh when, you know, uh, Jane over there said, uh, 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 um, <laughs> no, I'm doing it. I'm thinking of words and rejected them because I'm trying to think of Tootsie Roll. That's what I was trying to think of. I don't know why. Why did we laugh at that? And and there's a lot to unpack in the, in the laughter, right? Often we laugh because the person discovered the word that was coming out of their mouth, as we all did at the same time. And that's a very powerful connection. They said Tootsie Roll. They didn't know they were going to say Tootsie Roll until it was halfway up their mouth. So that's a powerful connection when we all discover. It's one of the reasons why improv is magic. We all discover things at simultaneous times, including the performers and the audience. Oh, I didn't know he was having an affair. Oh, my God, he's having an affair. Hilarious. So uh, there's a the discovery moment. There's the repetition, right, of games that come back. We start building a reference level. Tootsie Roll, that's funny because it was just said over there two seconds ago. Oh, yeah repeated yes so we're starting to build a reference level oh well, yeah we are starting to build a community so you you encourage people to go very fast go around you know again two three four minutes <coughs> i apologize i'm talking too much i had a cough um and anyway so you uh, go fast uh encourage when we get into like uh games that form you might get into games like oh we're all talking about items of food or destinations or uh, punctuation for some reason is one that comes up a lot um, or now we're doing sounds so another t- two little things to end on this one is most people will assume in this game they must say one word in English that's why it's not called word association association because I never say that but that's what everybody will assume and it's one of those rules that we kind of make up and accept without even thinking about it and it's not a rule, but that's part of that box that we think inside of. That's part of the creation of that box. So encourage them to just make sounds. Say a sentence. Uh, make, make a gesture. It's whatever comes out. Doesn't have to be a word. Doesn't have to be one word English. It can be a different language. It can be anything. And then you see people's eyes get bigger and they go, Oh, if that's possible, what else is possible? Exactly. That's the that's what we want you to be. That kind of head up, eyes open looking forward to, ooh, what else is possible that's where we want you to be so yeah uh the other one little thing you'll see often is there there will be some people playing a game like the, the list of things going on like we're talking about furniture oh chairs table uh lamp things like that and then someone will just say uh pants and either one of two things is generally happening there one they've already pre-selected the word and they're going to say that no matter what because that's protective right and you can do that but it's not it doesn't open you up to discovery so i try to poo poo that the other thing is some people are in their own heads and they're not listening to the they're not listening to the group and so the first thing is to encourage them to listen to the group did you hear all these uh, items of things you know furniture continue it buy into it let go of your thing and join the bigger thing that's happening between and among us which is one of the, the shifts in our brain that happens when we improvise. It's not me. It's not my geniusness that I can... Geniusness? I don't know if that's a word. It's not my genius that I will bring to this. It is our collective experience that I'm trying to serve. And you're like, Ralph, what does that mean? Well, that is a whole series of podcasts. It's just about that. And divergent and convergent thinking and discovery versus invention there's so much in here but that's what i want to say about uh we're just no they almost did it myself about association it's a great game i highly recommend you play it with from 2 to 14 15 people it's great uh great warm up you just make sure it goes fast right and uh you know not frantic but like it clips along there's no as soon as you see people look up to the sky or down to the ground for inspiration you're going too slow all right Thanks, everybody. I hope you have a great week and uh, see you back here next time for more of the SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast. Bye bye.